world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. And you want know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. I'm kind of in a teaching mood this morning. Is that okay? I'm not in a I'm not in a rabble rousing mood, although I'm always in a rabble rousing mood. But I got some foundational stuff I think we need to we need to really really discuss. I had a conversation. Well, I won't I don't say who it was with because I'm not name dropping or anything. But with, you know, without asking if I could use their name, it's not a conversation yesterday regarding this whole the whole mess that we find ourselves in. The fact that we seem so ineffective in the game. And understand that we there's there are so many more people on our side than there are against us. If you talk about the devil's team and Lucifer's team, all power has been given unto us on our team, and yet we're so disorganized. We don't fight together. The people in the church don't even know what the problems are. Michelle, I'm sorry. She says, "Honey, sometimes I feel like you just say the same thing every day." Do you guys do you guys feel that way? I said, well, I do. I do say the same thing every day because until we get it, <laughs> until we get it, it's like repetition. Repetition is the heart of learning. Repetition is the heart of learning. You got to say it over and over and over and over again. That's what football practices is about. You go out there and you you start out running the plays. You teach the plays and then you run the plays and you start out running the plays without even without even having a defense over there to block. In other words, you get in a huddle, a play's called, all 11 players run up there and there's nobody. There, there's nobody. You understand? They just line up and then the ball snapped and everybody runs their block, even though there's nobody to block. And through repetition, they learn where to line up, how to move, which foot to step with. And then, then you advance beyond that. And then you put guys over on the other side of the line. You give them dummies, bags. They hold these bags. And then the same things happen. You get in the huddle, you call play, and they run up there. And now there are 11 guys on the other side of the team holding bags. Then now when the, everybody runs the play, everybody goes and blocks their man. And you can see if somebody didn't block their man because there's a guy standing there with a bag and nobody blocked him. So you say, wait a minute. In this look, you have to block this man. You go back and say, let's run it again. So I go back, call to play, come out and run it again. And then everybody knows which man it is that they're supposed to block because repetition is important. When they get in the middle of the game, they don't have time. They, they can't have paralysis by analysis. They can't line up and not know who to block. If they don't know who to block, there's no aggressiveness. Ooh, that'll preach, right? If you don't know who to block, if you don't know who to hit, there's no aggressiveness. And what if two of you are blocking the same guy and this other guy over here isn't getting blocked? And if we don't, if we don't go through those plays, walk through those plays and understand the format, understand all, all the intricacies, well, not all the intricacies, but each guy at his position, he doesn't have to know the whole big picture. The right guard doesn't have to know what the left uh, split in does. He just has to know what he does. And maybe the guy beside him, those two guys have to work together. But we have yet to been able to figure this out in the church. We still don't have this figured out in the church. We don't even have guys running plays in the individual churches, let alone the all-star team, which be a, would be a guy from this church and a guy from this church and a guy from this church and a guy from this church all coming together to run a play. We're not any way near that. Why? Why is the devil's team so organized and so strategic and so hell-bent on pushing their agenda forward. And the church, for the most part, is missing in action. I, I don't know. That's what I want to talk a little bit about today. And I uh, hope you just bear with me. And because uh, we, have, we have some, we have some, uh, what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? We have some bears we have to slay. 
We folks, they've been telling us lies. They've been telling us lies in our churches. I'm going to say this again. They've been telling us lies. Why? Because it says in Jude that evil men have crept in unaware. They change the truth of God into a lie. And they worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. Look, should I stop right now? Because Michelle would say to me, I love her. She would say to me, honey, you just do the same thing. That's just the same thing you said yesterday. I know. <laughs> I know. you got to get it. You still don't get it. We still don't get it. we got to run that play again. Huh? Man, oh, man, oh, man. Uh, by the way, I said before the show, um, Betty, Betty Perkins' husband, Rube, had an accident last night, broken ankle, maybe a foot and all that stuff. And Rube's, a, you know, he's 70s. He's up in the 70s. So it's, uh, it's just a tough situation. So keep, keep Betty in your prayers. If you're Betty and Rube, he has to have some surgery. She was up probably all night and, and uh, just, just be with him. Hey, you know, you know what? I realized something. Do you guys remember this? Anybody but me remember this? When President Barack Obama made this speech, I could probably find it if I wanted to, and said, we are just seven days from fundamentally transforming America. Do you remember that? Anybody remember that? Spencer could probably find that if he was any good at the switch right now. He could probably look up and see Obama telling us that he was about to fundamentally transform the United States of America. And we didn't get it. We didn't realize what he was telling us. But what we're seeing right now, what we're dealing with right now in America is the fundamental transformation of America that Barack Obama was talking about. It's come to fruition. And we, we haven't connected the dots. We, we haven't connected the dots that evil men have crept in and have taken control of it. I'm going to show you something today. Because one of the battles going on, excuse me, Got a frog this morning. One of the battles going on today in American Christianity is this idea of dominionism. Dominion. Dominion. In fact, some people call it, uh, and I, I don't even, I maybe don't even know enough about it to be able to explain it. They call it the Seven Mountains, the Seven Mountain Movement. They, they name the Seven Mountains. I don't have them on top of my head, but it would be government, and education, and, and uh, um, entertainment. The Seven Mountains. And uh, there, there's a movement out there, which I'm not part of this movement. I, I'm just to me, this just makes sense that if we are to have all power, if we're to have dominion, then we it would be every area that we'd have to have dominion in. That there were, that the, that if, if we are going to have the kingdom of God on earth, which would be what dominionism is, I'm going to get there. Uh, then we need to be in control of the levers of power, right? We have to be in control of the levers of power. If we're not in control of the levers of power, then we're not in control. We're only fooling ourselves. So the question that we are fighting today, I'm going to get there. Stay with me. The question we're asking ourselves today is, are Christians supposed to be in control here on this earth? That's, that's the question I'm going to lay out there right now. That's the question. Have you been taught? Have I been taught? Have we been taught that here and now we are supposed to be in charge of everything? Have we been taught that? I would say we haven't. We haven't. And Jesus, when he left us in Matthew, is it 28? Is it Matthew 28 where he said, all power is given unto me both in heaven and earth? Is that where it is, Matthew 28? Can you pull that up for me, Spencer? You can quit looking for Obama. They all remember him saying it. Matthew 28. I think it's 28. I guess. Matthew 28, 18. 818, 28, 28, 18. Just go to 16. And then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into the mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some still doubted. Huh, what? Oh, yeah, they worshiped him, but some still doubted. Wow, that's interesting, isn't it? And Jesus came and spoke to them and said, listen, dudes, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, it's time out a minute. All power. Clay, how much power? All power. How much is how much is left? All power. If if if, when, if Jesus has all power, how much power does the devil have? Zero. All power. All Zip. none. All power has been given unto me. Where? Where? On heaven on and on earth. earth. That pretty much covers it all, doesn't it? Doesn't it? 
And have you or have you not been taught in your Presbyterian church that the devil's ruling and reigning? The devil is the prince of this world, right? Come on, come on, right? What is Jesus a liar? He said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth, and so go. Will you go? And when you go, what are you going to go? Well, you're going to go teach all nations. Teach them what? Whatsoever things I've commanded you, verse 20. Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'll be right there with you, dude. Uh, to this whole thing, I'll be right there with you. So if anybody can tell me anywhere that contradicts the fact that Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God, Almighty God, God incarnate, stood before his disciples and says, boys, I am in charge. Now look, that's what the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is all about. Because when Jesus, when when God created man, oh my, I'm going to be all over this. When God created man, he gave him dominion. Where is that? Where is that? Oh man, oh man. In the garden. I'm not going to take you there in the garden. But he gave man dominion over what? Over what? What did he give man dominion over? Does anybody know? Huh? Well, the beast of the field, fish in the stream. Everything. Everything. He said, look, God said, I created all this stuff. I created every bit of this. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you right in the middle of it. And you are going to do what? What are you going to do? You're going to subdue it. Subdue. Oh, my God. I'm goose bumping. Subdue it. Where did we get the idea that this belongs to the devil? Oh, I know what happened. Because when Adam and Eve fell, sin entered the world, and God said, man, I got to do something. (laughs) I got to do something. So he sent his only son. Because the wages of sin is death. Somebody's got to die. He sent his son down there to die, uh, pay uh, pay a debt he didn't know, die a death he didn't need to die, and to to do what? He said, what? I'm going to destroy the works of the devil. First John 3, and Jesus died on that cross. He destroyed the works of the devil. And what did he say? Mm, it's finished. I'm back in charge. I won mm. back all authority. It's now, it's now mine again. All right? And because I did that, all power is given unto me, and I'm giving it to you. And not only am I giving it to you, I want you to go everywhere, and I want you to teach others. A bit. Does anybody think I'm misquoting, misusing scripture right now? I don't care if you do, because I'm not. And, and so here we are. Christ died on that cross. Did Christ die on that cross so we can sit around and watch the devil rule? Does, it, does anybody out there think that, that that's the gospel they've taught us, friends? That's the gospel that we have been taught, that the devil's in charge and God will just cover us and protect us. Right? Go ye into all the world, teach them to observe all I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay, hang on, man. Hang on. Hang on. Um, where is that? So I said, uh, go down to Mr. Webster's. Go down to Mr. Webster's. Number seven. What's dominion? Dominion. That's dominant. I don't want that yet. Dominion. There it is. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> dominion is sovereign or supreme authority. The power of governing and controlling. The dominion of the Most High is an everlasting dominion. Daniel 4 verse 3 says. Jesus won back the power at the cross. Dominion is the power to direct, control, use, and dispose of at pleasure. The right of possession and use without being accountable as the private dominion of individuals. By the way, uh, the Constitution of the United States gives you dominion over yourself. God granted inalienable rights. You have dominion. Uh, Dominion is a territory under a government. What? A territory under a government. A region, a country, a district governed, or with the limits of the authority of a prince or state, as the British dominions. Dominion is government, right of governing. Five, predominance, ascendant, 
Six, an order of angels, whether there be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, Colossians, persons governed. So the question we have to come back and ask ourselves, Christian, my Christian friend, raised in dispensationalism or whatever it is that tells you that the devil's in control and then Jesus is going to come back and ultimately take control. All power and dominion has already been granted to our king. Does anybody disagree with that? Does anybody out there disagree with that? Is there anything in the world that God is not in control of? Good. So then what is dominant? Because it says to understand dominion, you have to click on dominant. Dominant. What is dominant? Ruling. Prevailing. Governing. Predominant. Right? Dominant. Dominion. We are in the God, King of kings, Lord of lords. We are in his dominion, and he is in charge, all power, all glory given to him. And we are being told in our churches it belongs to the devil. Somebody say amen for me. Amen. Remember, amen just means you get it. I'm not looking for your approval. I'm not looking for your approval. We're being taught in our churches that God isn't in control, that the devil is. So come on, you get it? You get it. That's what we're being taught. And because we're being taught that the devil's in charge here and we don't have dominion, then what? Well, <laughs> we just got to hide in the secret place of the Most High, try to live as long as we can and get out of here before, before the devil can steal our soul. Oh, and then we get to go be to heaven. Well, that's stupid. Because mm-hmm. God created us for dominion. Number five, pull up number five. Pull up number five. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. The churches believe the government's in charge, folks. The churches believe the government's in control. Are you ready for this? Boom. I did a boom for you, Vinny. Boom. So dominion, this is, I don't know who wrote this, but it was really good when I read this this morning. To work in God's image is to exercise dominion. See, when you're created in God's image, you're created with the same power and authority, not the same power, the same authority that he has. He gave us the authority to do what? To subdue the earth. Does, not, does that not mean government? Does that not mean education? Does that, does that exclude Hollywood? Does it exclude Budweiser? Does it exclude all this stuff? Or is all power given unto him? And so this says, a consequence we see in Genesis of being created in God's image is that we are to have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the wild animals of the world, including Congress, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. As Ian Hart puts it, exercising royal dominion over the earth as God's representative is the basic purpose for which God created man. Man is appointed king over creation, responsible to God, the ultimate king. We are ambassadors, I'll get to that in a minute, and as such expected to manage and develop and care for creation, this task to include actual physical work, our work in God's image begins with faithfully representing God. We are an ambassador. We represent God. Where's our ambassador? Hang on a minute. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Number four. Pull up number four. I'm going to come back to this. I told you it's in a tiki. Ambassador. I looked up Ambassador Webster's and Webster said, it's not ambassador, coach. It's ambassador. It's ambassador. They've been misusing that word, coach. That's what they told me. An ambassador. Are you listening, Jack? That's a minister of the highest rank employed by one prince or state. We're ambassadors of Christ. Highest rank employed by one prince or state, at the court of another, to manage the public concerns of his own prince or state, and representing the power and dignity of his sovereign. Ambassadors are ordinary when they reside permanently at a foreign court, or extraordinary when they are sent on a special occasion. They are also called ministers. Envoys are ministers employed on special occasions and are of less dignity. We are ambassadors of Christ. What are they? A highest rank employed by one prince or state at the court of another. Our job is to go into foreign territory and represent our king. Anybody think I'm missing it yet? I don't care. I'm not looking for your approval. Okay? Go back to, go back to what we had before. Go back. We have been lied to in our churches. 
Mm, boy. As we exercise dominion over the created world, we do it knowing that we mirror God. We're not the originals, but the images of him. And our duty is to use the original, God, as our pattern, not ourselves. Our work is meant to serve God's purposes more than our own, which prevents us from domineering all that prevent that all that God has put under our control. God has put everything under folks. The, the earth is his footstool. Everything is under his control. Oh, Amen. Let's go on down, Spence. Think about the implications of this in the workplaces. How would God go about doing our job? What values would God bring to it? What products would God make? Which people would God serve? What organizations would God build? What standards would God use? In what ways, as image bearers of God, should our work display the God we represent? When we finish a job, are the results such that we can say, thank you, God, for you are using me to accomplish your will? The cycle begins again with dominion, although it may not be immediately recognizable as such. No plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground. You get it? God didn't have things grow there. There was somebody to till it. The key phrase is there was no one to till the ground. God chose not to bring his creation to a close until he created people to work with under him. Meredith Klein puts it this way. God's making the world was like a king's planting a farm or a park or an orchard into which God put humanity to serve the ground and to serve and to look after the estate. Anybody with me yet? Thus, the work of exercising dominion begins with tilling the ground. From this, we see that God uses the word subdue and dominion. Do not give it, in chapter 1, do not give us permission to run roughshod over any part of his creation. Quite the opposite. We're to act as if we ourselves had the same relationship of love with his creatures that God does. Subduing the earth includes harnessing its various resources as well as protecting them. Dominion over all living things is not a license to abuse them, but a contract from God to care for them. We are to serve the best interests of all those lives we touch. Ours, our employees, our customers, our colleagues, our fellow workers, all those who work for us who even meet casually. This does not mean that we will allow people to run over us, but it does mean that we will not allow our self-interest over self-esteem or our self-aggrandizement to give us license to run over others. The later unfolding story in Genesis focuses attention on precisely that temptation and consequence. Okay, so I'm going to stop there. God put man here to exercise his will, have dominion. He's an ambassador. You with me? Thumbs up? Everybody so far doing good? Doing good, right? But they tell you that that's not true, that the devil's in control, that government's in control, that who are you, right? You, You understand? You understand the battle that's going on? And we have bought into this lie that we are not supposed to have dominion. We're not supposed to do it. So pull up number eight real quick, and I'm going to open it up here pretty quick because I see you wanting to get in here. I know this, I know this flies against everything you've been taught in your church. This, this earth belongs to the devil, they tell us, huh? The devil's in control here. What are you talking about? What the? What are you talking about? Where does it say the devil is in control when Jesus said, all power has been given unto me? Amen. A double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. And the church is double-minded because we play defense against the devil, never offense. Never offense. Always defense. Always reactionary. Always. So here's 40 powerful biblical scriptures on dominion and authority. I'm not going to read them all. Go scroll down there, man, Spencer. You guys don't want to believe me. There they are. And then God said, let man, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. Dominion. What was dominion? Can you go back there again? What was dominion? Uh, power to direct, control, use, and dispose. Sovereign or supreme authority? The power of government and control. Go back where you were. They don't teach you this. In fact, I'll throw you out of church start talking about that. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, over all the earth. 
into every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now look, Adam and Eve gave that to the devil. They gave it to the devil. Jesus won it back at the cross. It's finished. Amen. I'm in charge again, he said. God bless him. God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. That includes Joe Biden, by the way. That includes Nancy Pelosi, by the way. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of, oh my goodness, of the enemy and nothing. I could go on and on and on and on and on because there are those within Christianity that will tell you that we are not supposed to be involved with politics. How can they possibly, how can they possibly say that? How can they possibly say that? Okay, I'm going to open it up here, man. I'm going. I'm going. I'll, I, I got to go there too. Okay, I'll go there. Go to go to number three. Go to number three. New Testament, folks. New Testament. Number three, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of Him. Folks, you need a revelation that He's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You need a knowledge, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who He is. That the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principalities and power and governments and might and dominions and Republicans and Democrats and FBI and CIA and NSA and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in the world to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all and all. Now, somebody help me. Is that the message coming from the American church? No. No, no, no. And the Bible says that the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Let them expect nothing from God. Can I, I look? It's all over me. I got to get this off of me, okay? Huh? Go to Psalm 37. One of my favorite, one of my favorite ones. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they soon shall be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. See, we think we're going to, we think we have to leave. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verify, verily thou shalt be fed. Delight yourself also in the Lord. He shall give you the desires of your heart. Uh-oh, uh-oh. No, 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 no. That's not what that says. It doesn't say he's going to give you everything you want. He says he's going to give you the desire of your heart. In other words, he's going to put the desire in you. He's going to give you the desires of your heart. Huh? He's going to change your heart. He's going to give you the desires that he wants that are edifying. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. What? He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment, what? And thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath, and fret not yourself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait upon the Lord, oh, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, they sh- thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and they shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. And the wicked plotteth against the just, and gnashes upon him with his teeth. But the Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth his days coming. And the wicked have drawn out the sword, and they've bent their bow to cast down the poor and the needy and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart, 
and their bows shall be broken. And a little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked, for the arms of the wicked shall be broken. But the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and the inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in evil time. And in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. But the wicked, oh, they're going to perish. And the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume, and to smoke shall they consume away. And the wicked borroweth and doesn't pay back. But the righteous shows mercy and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. And the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in the way. And though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. And I have been young, and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. He is ever merciful, and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil, and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints they are preserved forever but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off and the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in there forever and the mouth of the righteous speak wisdom and his tongue talk of judgment the law of God of his God is in his heart and none of his steps shall slide and the wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him the Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. What? Wait on the Lord. Keep his, keep his way. Protect his way. Have dominion on his way. And he shall exalt thee to the inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, they're going to see it. I've seen the wicked in great power, spreading himself like a green bay tree. And he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yeah, I saw him, he couldn't be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressor shall be destroyed together. Mm. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. And he shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. We don't trust in him. We don't even think he's in power. John Diamond wrote the book, Appeal to Heaven, and make those flags appeal to heaven. We have all power, all authority over all government right here on earth. But our churches are telling us that we don't. We don't have that power. No, no, no. No, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse, Coach. And, and then we'll get raptured out of here. Yep. And we'll leave all this mess to the, to the wicked. And then the Lord will come down, spank them all. And then, and then we get to come back. So in other words, we don't have to do a damn thing except just sit around and believe. huh? No works. No, no Coach, you don't need any works. We don't need any works here. It's by grace that you say through faith. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So I don't have it. So it's okay by the Lord who has all power and authority. It's okay by the Lord that uh, the churches do not oppose transgenderism in the school. That's okay from the Lord. That's okay. We don't have dominion over the schools. Is that what it is? We don't have that. And it, it's okay. It's okay with the church and it's okay with the Lord. If the government comes in and steals our hard-earned money and gives it to the wicked people over in the wicked government in Ukraine, that, that God, that's God. God honors that. Are, are you out of your stinking mind? That's what they told us. We'll show you one more thing. I'm going to let you come on in here. Pull up. Uh, this is powerful. Pull up Jason Whitlock, number one. Pull up number one. It's a minute and 30 seconds. Ask yourself if you've ever heard more truth come out of a man's mouth than this. This dude here is laying it on. He's an ESPN. That's where he started out talking about sports. He has become a societal icon. Jason Whitlock. Listen what he says to Tuck. By the way, Fox News cut him off. Fox News cut him off because he was getting too close to the solution. Go ahead and play that. He calling Trump the most righteous person in the world. But anybody looking at this knows that Alvin Bragg and the Democratic and the leftists are, are, are lawless. They, they don't believe in fair justice, equal uh, treatment under the law. They don't believe in that. And, and so 
you can't have partnership with them. And then if you go down to verse 17, Paul talks about God's instruction that you got to come out from among them and separate. That's what God instructed. And that's where I think we actually are, Tucker, is these guys are so far removed from the truth, so far removed from any of the values that made this country great, we can't really have partnership with them. And, and my mindset went to secession, that we have to separate, we have to come out from among them. They're so unrighteous, they're so unclean, that, you know, finding common ground is, is impossible with people who think men can become women, who, who told us, hey, look, we just want two men to be able to get married, and, and there's no slippery slope, and that was a lie. And we've seen the slippery slope. Now Now it's drag queens reading books to kids. Now it's taking kids to drag queen shows. Now it's uh, uh, mutilating kids and, and infecting them with gender dysphoria and using it as an excuse to cut off their breasts or cut off their penis. You can't have peace. You can't have partnership with these people. There are so many lies stacked on top of lies from the whole Black Lives Matter, George Floyd deal, and oh, the police are just out indiscriminately killing black men and it's so dangerous because of the police. That's all a lie and everybody knows it. Boom, Vinny! Boom! Can you imagine a politician saying that? Look, folks, can two walk together lest they agree? We can, hey, what did the Pharisees say about Jesus Christ, you know? They said this, we will not have this man rule over us. Do you remember that? Hey, folks, who's ruling over us now? Hmm? Who's ruling over us now? And when are Christian men and women going to stand up and say, we will not have this man rule over us? We have another king. We have another king we serve, and we will not allow this interloper to rule over us. It's just going to take some guts in the belly. That's all it's going to do. It's just going to take some guts. I'm sick and tired of it. Joe Biden has no authority in my life. He has no authority. I don't care how many FBI agents they sit there. See, they may have the power, but they don't have the authority. Wait a minute. I heard you, Lord. Webster's, what's authority? What's authority? Yes, they have the power. Yes, they can bring guns. Yes, they can bring tanks. Yes, they can bring 500 guys and arrest me. They have the power to do that, but they do not have the authority. Do you understand that? If you don't understand that, then you're not going to get it. Legal power or a right to command or to act as the authority over a prince, over sub. Does the FBI have authority over me, a prince of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Do they have authority over me? No, they don't. No, they do not. The only power, the, oh, the only authority they have is what I think they have, what I yield yeah. to them. Now, do they have the power to arrest me and throw me in jail? Oh, yeah, they got that a power, but they don't have that authority. And those are not the same things. And if you'll wake up and understand this, we have the authority. Not only that, we have the power and the authority. And we sit around and act like we can't do anything about what's going on around us. Hey, better wake up. Better wake up. That's all I know. All right, I'll shut up for a minute. Just for a minute. Just for a minute. Let's get rolling down there. Myra, hey, tell us a story, not your life story. Go, Myra. Yes, Coach, in regard to Dominion, Revelation 19, 15 through 16, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he shall smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he hath threatened the winepress, and of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he hath on his pasture, and on his side a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. He is above the President of the United States. He is above the U.S. Constitution. He's above the FBI. He's above your school board. He's above your county commissioners. He's above all of it. You can't serve two masters. Mike. Coach, the, the devil or whatever you want to call him and his minions, have no power over you unless you give it to them. 
They have no power. They have no, they have, they have no power. All authority, all power and authority. Hmm? Oh man, I, could I find that, Lord? Uh, I'm, yes. Okay, now I'm going to let Judah come in and I'm going to look for something because I want, want you to see it. Go ahead, Judah. Hey, Coach. Can you, yes. um, football terms, say you're running a 6 2 defense? Can a 6 2 defense hang with a spread offense? Uh, no. Exactly. No. So the question is, you need to implement a playbook. As you're looking at this, you want a playbook. Maybe the playbook's got a 3-4. Maybe it's got a 4-2. Like, maybe it's got additional options, different playbooks you can actually run. What's interesting is if you throw the playbook out, how can your people even know how to be able to run against the enemies or how to defend against the enemies. It's really interesting. Uh, you go back, you know, J6, what they do? <laughs> they cut off all the video footage. They didn't want you to see what really happened. You know, if you go back to all these things, Twitter, what they do? They, they cut everybody off that was talking the truth. Did they have the authority to do that? Do they have no. the authority? No, they don't have authority to do that. And you go back into this YouTube, you know what? They just cut you off. They take you take you out of the game. Didn't mean you weren't there. It just means that they decided they were going to censor you. You know, you go back to this. This is really interesting. You're talking about this. Constantine, you know, we go back to the Bible. Today's American church. The rest of the world, there's other churches that recognize different books of the Bible, but my gosh, I, I've gone through, and this might tilt people's brains. You know, you play a, a pinball machine. If anyone ever gets really physical with the pinball machine, you ever get this tilt, the <laughs> whole game stops. And people are like, what would I do? Well, well, you tilted the machine. Your brain can't handle the fact that, hey, the game can still be played. Who stopped the game? But if you look at in the book of Enoch, this is crazy. That whole book is about your power and your authority. Matter of fact, it even calls you the elect. What is the elect? That means that you are the called, that God gave you power and authority over all things. Enoch 1, Enoch 2, Enoch 3. Now I see why Constantine censored that entire book out because what <laughs> it did was it gave the church power. Amen. And gave the individual theory, Christian power. It talks about that authority that you have and multiple, multiple times, which if I go into the New and the Old Testaments and other books, I'm like, wow, th this one book talks about how much authority you have. And it yeah. is powerful. No wonder why they censored it. I, Judah, I hate, I hate to tell you this, Judah. The devil's in control of this world, Judah. The devil's in control of it. That's what they teach us in church. Spencer, I just sent you a, a clip. See if you can pull that thing up there. Huh? All power. All power. How much power? How much power? How much power? Oh. All power. Oh. All power. All power. How much does the devil have? No power. No power. How much authority does the devil have? No authority. No authority other than what you're giving. Like right now, I think the FBI has authority over me. They don't have any authority over me. Only the authority they have is what I think they I let them do it. Okay, here it is. I love this clip. Ernest Borg 9. Huh? Power and authority. Go ahead and play this. The servants went out and invited everybody they met. Oh, and is he a centurion? So the wedding hall was full of people. Oh, no. I'm sorry if I disturbed you, Rabbi. But I would like to ask you a great favor. I have a servant in my house. I've had him a long while. And he's good, loving, more like a son than a servant. He's very sick. Dying, I fear. Rabbi, in all humility... You would like me to come to your house? 
Very well. I will come with you. No. I am unworthy that you should enter under my roof. I know that if... if you say the word, my servant will be healed. I am a man under authority. But I myself have authority over a hundred soldiers, and if I say to one of them, do this, I know that he will do it. And if I say to another, go there, I know that he will go. I need not see. I know. So it is enough that you give the word, and it will be done. Do you hear this man? I have seldom found such faith among the people of Israel. Go home. Your faith has cured your servant. Boom! Come on in, Clay. Yeah, Genesis uh, 128, you were looking at that earlier. It says, and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And here's the big one. Subdue it. When you look at uh, 1828 dictionary there, it says subdue is to conquer by force or the exertion of superior power and bring into permanent subjection. So the question is, if he created this, this is the first chapter of Genesis. If God created this, and then he told, said, subdue the earth, which means to conquer by force. Well, then who are we conquering it from? Amen. And apparently somebody thought they had control over it and power over it, and he's creating us and telling us to conquer it by force. So no wonder that the devil is coming after us because we're fighting against the devil. We're trying to conquer the earth for God. Well, Clay, we missed it right there, verse 28. And God blessed him and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. How many people are multiplying today? How many people do you know who aren't having children? When birth control came into America, we, we broke the command of God to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Good. It's disobedience on our, our behalf. Jack, come in and George. Yeah, Board Nine. Those words are so powerful. What Board Nine just said, and my goodness, Coach, the church says a lot of good churches say, "Well, God's in control," but yeah. then they conflate they conflate that with to give you your best life now. Mm -hmm. We conflate these terms, and <clears throat> just an encouragement to you, and especially, but everybody in the queue. That more often you go down this hole, the same thing, do the same thing over and over and over. Because when somebody in the queue, when George or Bill or Harry or Fred hear Judah say something or Dale say something, you can completely change. Even if it's the same words they heard yesterday, when you take a pause and you put that comma in there, it changes how you hear it. And you can hear the same thing over and over and over and not get it until that one day when you go, oh, crap, now I get it. I never heard it that way before. But you've heard it exactly that way 50 times. Amen. So Amen. Don't, don't don't be discouraged in doing it. And Dale and Judah, just, just keep doing it, man. Because you're it. a dead man anyway. What can they do to you? You're a dead man. Goodness. George. Shallow thinking, shallow conversation. Yep. I have nothing to lose. That frog in your throat is the frog in my throat. It's dioxin. Get broccoli <laughs> sprout seeds and start taking them. Matthew 34 and 35. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I, I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Mm. And your enemy shall be those of your own household. Know what it says? I think so. Clint, Pastor Clint. Morning, Pastor. Come on in. Can't hear you, Clint. I don't know if you didn't get it. Let's go to Tim. We'll come back to Pastor Clint. Tim, come on in. Hey, when it comes to birthright, 
a lot of times we don't understand how powerful the, the word is. And we sell our birthright for a bowl of stew. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Out of fear, right? We don't want to get involved. It's what, they, it's what Tim, it's what they've taught us in church, isn't it? It's what they've taught us in church. Who are you to judge? Uh, right? God loves everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but that's, not, that's not what the Bible teaches, friends. Where do they come up with this stuff? Oh, I know why. Evil men have crept in unawares. They changed the truth of God into a lie. And they worshiped us. That's Jude. Would you pull that up there real quick? I don't want you to think I'm lying to you. Jude. It's only one, just Jude. It's only one, one chapter of Jude. Oh, that make you a book of Jude. There you go. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write of you of your common salvation, it was needful for me to write and you to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith, which is once delivered to the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let's see how good you are. Let's see how good you are there, Spencer. Look up lasciviousness, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. What does Webster say that is? Looseness, irregular indulgence of animal desires, wantonness, lustfulness, a tendency to excite lust and promote irregular indulgences. What have they done? Evil men have crept in and they've promoted looseness and animal desires and wantonness because of the grace of God who will forgive you no matter what you do. That's the gospel that we're hearing today. Dale, come on in. Thank God for Dale, Pastor Clint, Pastor Tim. We got some pastors in here. Praise the Lord. Go, Dale. Amen, brother. As I always say, American Christianity is a disease. That right there shows it out because that's what we're seeing happen in the church. It says contend for the faith, not defend the faith. Contend. Contend is, is an offensive word. Coach, when you started the show, you were talking about ambassadors, not ambassadors, but ambassadors. Brother, we got a little glimpse of this to understand, brother, when you're in another country and and there's some trouble going on and you need to have some kind of protection, where do you go? For protection, you go to the embassy because the embassy is a representation of the government of which was sent. That becomes the sovereign land of that country. We are the ambassadors of Christ. We are what? To occupy everywhere we put our foot. Come on, brother. This is who we are. We represent a heavenly kingdom and we become the place where people can run into and they are safe, brother. Brother, I want to tell you something. That is that is a clear set message right there. Dale, I don't know how we I don't know how we miss it. I don't know how you can run into any pastor that tells you we're not supposed to be involved in the culture, in politics. I'm, t- I'm telling you for the life of me. I don't know where the hell they find it. Glenn, come on in. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Uh, God bless Jason Whitlock. Uh, you uh-huh. know, God is raising up uh, other men, other people, since our national Christian leaders aren't speaking up. It reminds me of... Uh, what Mordecai told Esther, if you don't do it, that'll find somebody else to do it. Right. And uh, the rocks you know, are quiet. I would say the rocks. Well, right? that's the thing. You know, we, we don't have a national platform as individuals, but we can still speak up locally. We can still speak up in our church. We can still speak up. And that's what we ought to be doing. Amen. Brandy. That's, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take dominion, take dominion. I've seen you throw it up there a couple of times. Go ahead and play that clip that you have up on the screen. Uh, yeah, the challenge. Go ahead, play that real quick. It's only a minute. The challenge why Christians do not exercise dominion is because dominion is closely connected to your devotion. You don't exercise dominion because you can name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, confess it, and possess it. You only can exercise that if you're deeply devoted. If you don't have bundle of sticks on your flame, it's a matter of time when a viper comes out and will suck blood out of you. And you will go from conference to a conference, from a deliverance minister to a deliverance minister, from a demon slayer to a demon slayer. What I'm highlighting and exalting right now is the ministry every believer has. It's called the ministry of walking in authority. If you build fire, you will have a place to throw the snake into. If you don't build fire, you can get delivered, but you cannot walk in dominion. You can hear about dominion. You can read about dominion. You can even claim dominion. You will just not walk in dominion. The child. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. 
Huh? Yeah, he's right. We do the name it, claim it, but we don't, we don't, we don't walk it out. We name it and claim it. We don't go get it. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God has suffered violence, and violent men take it by force. That's out of the mouth of Jesus Christ. Who is that, Coach? And what do we say? Oh, no, 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 you can't. We, we don't believe in violence. So, see, you don't understand violence. You don't understand it. What is violence? Look, Spencer. Violate, violate. I think we've done this before, but we we get new fish in here all the time. To hurt, to injure, to interrupt, or to disturb. To break, to infringe, to transgress, to violate the laws. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God has been violated. The kingdom of God has been violated. Are you listening? From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God has been broken and infringed and transgressed and injured. Amen. And what do violent men do? Take it by force. What is force? What's force? Pull that word up there. Force. Mm. Strength Active power, vigor, might, energy that may be exerted, the physical property in a body which may produce action or motion in another body or may counteract such motion. By the force of muscles, we raise weight or resist an assault. In other words, can you imagine the force of 500 people in a school board meeting? That's force. And see, they've told us it's guns and bullets. Well, hopefully it never comes to that. Violence isn't, folks, violence isn't punching and shooting and stabbing. Violence is forcing your will on someone else against their will. That's violence. And they're doing it to us left and right. Our federal government is the most violent force in America. Anybody disagree with that? Nope. They are. And what did our forefathers say? What did Jason Whitlock say? Can't, hey, look, I can't, Jason Whitlock say, play that again. Jason Whitlock said, I, how, how, do I, how do I live in a culture and a society with people who want to cut off the penises of little boys? How, how, do, I, how do I possibly live in that, in that culture? You don't, Somebody's you don't. Gotta, somebody has to so- sacrifice their values. Why is it me? Why do well, I have to sacrifice my values? Why won't they sacrifice their deviancy? Play it again. He calling Trump the most righteous person in the world, but anybody looking at this knows that Alvin Bragg and the Democratic and the leftists are, are, are lawless. They, they don't believe in fair justice, equal uh, treatment under the law. They don't believe in that. And, and so you can't have partnership with them. And then if you go down to verse 17, Paul talks about God's instruction that you got to come out from among them and separate. That's what God instructed. And that's where I think we actually are, Tucker, is these guys are so far removed from the truth, so far removed from any of the values that made this country great. We can't really have partnership with them and and my mindset went to secession, that we have to separate. We have to come out from among them. They're so unrighteous. They're so unclean that, you know, finding common ground is, is impossible with people who think men can become women, who, who told us, hey, look, we just want two men to be able to get married, and, and there's no slippery slope. And that was a lie. And we've seen the slippery slope. Now Now it's drag queens reading books to kids. Now it's taking kids to drag queen shows. Now it's uh, uh, mutilating kids and, and infecting them with gender dysphoria and using it as an excuse to cut off their breasts or cut off their penis. You can't have peace. You can't have partnership with these people. There are so many lies stacked on top of lies from the whole Black Lives Matter, George Floyd deal, and oh, the police are just out indiscriminately killing black men and it's so dangerous because of the police. That's all a lie and everybody knows it. That's all a lie and everybody knows it. So let me ask you a question. Here on earth, in this realm in which we live, 
Who is supposed to counter lies? Whose job is it to speak the truth? This is so simple. Uh, We're in the mess that we're in because those of us who know the truth refuse to speak the truth because we're told that we're not to get involved with politics. We're supposed to stay out of it. Let the devil have politics. Let the devil have education. Let the devil have our churches, right? Because why? Evidently, God's not in control. Evidently, God doesn't have all dominion. Evidently, God didn't give dominion to his people. Evidently, God didn't say, all power is given unto me. Go and teach them to behave. And we said, ain't going to do that. See you tomorrow.